welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. Will you please uh, turn with me to 1 John 5, picking up in verse 6. The title of our message this morning is Assurance Forever. So 1 John, the epistle of John, chapter 5, verse 6, assurance forever. I heard a story of a a Sunday school teacher that she asked her children, she said, if I sold my house, if I sold my car, if I had a garage sale and was able to gather all kinds of money and I gave all that to the church, would that get me to heaven? And all the children in the Sunday school said, no, no, they yelled out no. And so she says, well, what if I was to go to the church every day and clean the church, you know, spotless. And I would pull all the weeds there at the church and I would wash the walls and I would just dedicate myself to the church. Will that get me into heaven? And all the kids said, no. So she says, well, how do I get to heaven? And one of the little five-year-old boys says, you, you got to die first. <laughs> Smart kid. Well, how do we get to heaven? We're going to talk about that. And one of the reasons why the Apostle John wrote this wonderful epistle, we're going to find out as we read these verses ahead, for us as believers to know that we have eternal life, that we would have assurance of our salvation, that we would know that when we die, where we're going to go. God wants us to have assurance forever. He wants us to always be assured. He doesn't want us to have a temporal assurance And my question is, do you have the assurance of heaven living inside of your heart? Do you know if you're to die today, to be absent from your body, do you know that you will be in the presence of God? Do you you know that today? And do you know why? And those are some things we're going to look at here. So I'm going to ask if you could please, uh, whenever we read the word out loud, it's always good to stand just in reverence of his word. So I'm going to ask, please, as I read these few verses, can we stand one more time? As I read out of the epistle of John, 1 John 5, picking up in verse 6, John the Apostle writing, and he says in verse 6, This is he, speaking of Jesus, who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who bears witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. Verse 8, And there are three that bear witness on the earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his Son. He who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. He who does not believe God has made him, God, a liar, because he has not believed the testimony that God has given of his Son. Verse 11. And this is the testimony that God has given us, eternal life. And this life is in his Son, Jesus. He who has the Son, Jesus, has life. And he who does not have the Son, Jesus, the Son of God, does not have life. Last verse. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Let's pray. Lord, God, it's such a wonderful thing to be able to stand up here and say, I know I have eternal life. But Lord, there might be some standing right now that maybe they they don't know that they have. They don't know how to have eternal life. 
So, Lord, we pray over them that they would know how, as we just read, it's in your Son. And, Lord, we pray that there would not be one in this place that would be lost because, Lord, we know that you, you came to save all of us, not a selected few, not just the Jewish people, but all the Jews and all the Gentiles. You want everyone to be saved. And you want everyone to know that they have eternal life living inside of them. So, Lord, with this text, please speak to our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We've been looking at how the Apostle John is the apostle of love. And for the last few weeks, we've been talking a lot about love, 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 love. The importance of love, that we're to love one another, we're to love other Christians, we're to love the lost. God is love. We're not to love the world nor the things of the world. We're not to to love the world system that's against God, but we're to have a love for God first and foremost, and we're to love our neighbors and ourselves. So we've been looking at all of this talk about love, 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 the importance of love. And last week, we shift gears a little bit. We talked about love, but we talked about how if we truly are loving people, we're going to be obedient to the Word of God. We're going to apply the Word of God. And also, we're going to have faith, and our faith will give us great victory in this world, right? But now we're going to talk more about the assurance of our salvation. God wants us to be sure about it. And we're going to talk about a huge testimony that God has given and We're going to be challenged to either believe in what man says or to believe in what God says about eternal life, about salvation. And I don't know about you, but I want to take God's testimony. Amen? Because you can have different people that will give you, we could probably stand up in a room like this and we can, you know, talk about, you know, just one topic. And you might have in this room maybe a hundred different, you know, opinions on on a certain topic. But who do we believe? Well, we have God's testimony. We have God as a witness before us. It's almost like in these verses, God is on the witness stand and he's testifying. And as God is on the witness stand, he's standing here before all of us and saying, I have this witness and it's regarding eternal life and my witness is true. Don't believe in the witness of man. Believe in my witness. I offer eternal life and that life is through my son, Jesus Christ. And so we have some very powerful verses in front of us. So let's take a closer look at them. I'm going to put it up on the screen, verse 6, back in verse 6. And the Apostle John writes, This is he, Jesus, who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who bears witness, because the Spirit is truth. And there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, speaking of Jesus, the Word became flesh, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. There's a witness in heaven that that declares the truth about eternal life. So in heaven, the three, the Father, the Word, which is Jesus and the Holy Spirit, they're bearing witness to eternal life. They're, they're, they're bearing witness to the truth. They're saying, we're all in agreement here regarding eternal life. And it's interesting in the law that in order to convict someone, you needed uh, two or three witnesses to, to, you know, to establish truth. And so they're saying in, in this Text here saying this, we, we're establishing this truth. It's all three of us in agreement there in heaven. But what is this water and blood? It's interesting. Different 
commentators have different opinions and different people have different opinions. I, I read somewhere that they say that these few verses that we're going to read here, they're, they're some of the most difficult uh, verses to understand in all the Bible because so many people have different interpretations of it. So we're going to try our best to break it down and get, you know, make some suggestions regarding this. But for sure we know during the time this was written, there was a, a, a heresy that went through the church. It was called Gnosticism. We've talked about this before, the Gnostics. And, and they believed that everything material was evil, right? And, and because everything that's material evil, they believed that Jesus did not have a material body. He didn't have a physical body. So they, they thought, well, if Jesus had a physical body, he would be evil. And we know that Jesus is not you know, evil, so he must have just had just a spiritual body and not a physical body. So this is coming against that. And it was the Gnostics. For you note-takers, most of you probably already know this, Gnostic, uh, the root meaning of Gnostic means uh, to know. They were in the know. So they, they told everyone, we're Gnostic. We're, we're in the know. We know everything. And we have this spiritual understanding. You don't understand, but we'll teach you this. And, you know, they, so they had this heresy. And what was happening, it was permeating the church. And these young believers were kind of gravitating towards this Gnostic teaching. And so John the Apostle is writing this letter to say, don't believe that. He came by water and blood. He had a physical body. And it's interesting, Gnostic. If you put an A in front of, you know, Gnostic, A is a negative. So it's a, to, to not know. So agnostics, I, I love when I, I meet an agnostic, they say, oh, I'm an agnostic. They say, oh, for some reason, every time I've read an agnostic, they say, oh, I'm, a, I'm an agnostic. Like they're, like they're really, I don't want to, you know, say this to them. I never do say this to them, but the real literal meaning means to be an ignoramus. That's what the literal interpretation of that is. It is. Look it up. It means not to know. It's what it is. And really, so they're looking at it, I don't know. So they're just, they're just stating, I really don't know what's true. So water and blood, Jesus came by water and blood. And I believe possibly the simple interpretation of that is just that he had a physical body. The water broke and there was water and blood that poured out. He had a physical, it wasn't a spiritual body. It was a true body. Mary gave birth to a child. He had blood. There was blood at the cross. He had a physical body. When they pierced his side, it says water and blood flowed out. You know what that means? It, it means that he had a ruptured heart. He had a heart attack, basically, a ruptured heart. So he, literally, Jesus died of a broken heart for you, for me. But he had a physical body, so that's the simple understanding of that. And there's another interpretation here that's, that's real good, and we'll look at it when we look at this next verse. So verse 8, it says, And there are three that bear witness on earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. So we have an agreement in heaven about eternal life and who Jesus is. There's, a, uh, there's an agreement. But on the earth, we have this witness that bears witness, the Spirit. Well, that's real simple. The Holy Spirit bears witness of Jesus Christ in eternal life, as we're going to look in context. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And so we know when we have the Holy Spirit living in us, we know that we have eternal life. There's a change that takes place inside of us. The Holy Spirit came in the world, it says in the, in, in the gospel account, to, to convict the world of sin. And then it says, the, Jesus said that I'll, I'll leave, I have to leave you, and I won't leave you as orphans. I'll pray the Father. And he says, I'll pray that he sends the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, right? Uh, the Greek word, the parakletus. The, the parakletus will be there with you, the one that comes alongside. But remember what he said, the Holy Spirit will be with you, but then he'll be in you. 
So on the earth, we have the witness of the Holy Spirit living inside of us, bearing witness to the fact that we have eternal life through Jesus Christ, right? So that's a simple one. That's the, you, there's no debate on that one. But the next thing is, is, is with the, the, the water bearing witness. And many see this water bearing witness as speaking possibly of the baptism of Jesus Christ. Because it was at the water that when Jesus Christ was baptized, remember the Holy Spirit came down from heaven and descended upon him like a dove and you heard a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And so bearing witness in the water, there's a testimony that takes place from heaven, speaking down from heaven saying that this is my son, this is the Messiah, this is the one that's been spoken of through the, through the prophets. They, they, they're speaking of this one. So that's a possibility. Also think of this, at, the, at his baptism, that's when he started his public ministry. Right there. He didn't start his public ministry until that point. So you have the water, possibly the baptism, Speaking of the one that bears witness, and then the blood. And most believe this blood is talking about the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, speaking volumes of who Jesus is. Well, why does it speak volumes? Well, do you realize when Jesus Christ died on the cross, remember darkness covered the earth? Remember the earth shook? Do you remember the veil in the temple, the veil that that the veil that's in the temple that, that kept people out from the Holy of Holies. It was a veil that it was rent from top to bottom. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, the veil that, that, that entered into the Holy of Holies was ripped open, and I believe it was ripped open to say that we all have full access into the Holy of Holies now through Jesus Christ. He's the veil. He's the one that gives us access into the presence of God. So right now, today, because of the cross, because of his blood shed on the cross, we all have full access into the Holy of Holies. Do you, do you realize that today? Amen. Amen. My question is, do you take advantage of the blood? Do you take advantage of having full access? Do you know when we go and we, we through, the, through Jesus Christ, we can have total access to the throne of God? Do you know it's not like, you know, calling up and, and getting a voicemail to speak to God the Father, press one, to speak to, you know, and then beep. I'm sorry, he's not here right now. They leave a message. We don't, we don't have that. We have total access 24-7 to the throne of God because Jesus Christ toward the veil into the Holy of Holies that we can have total access. So, Possibly, very possibly, the blood is speaking about Jesus dying on the cross. A few years back, a lady that goes to our church, she, on Good Friday, she was getting ready to come out to the Good Friday service, and she was thinking about Jesus dying on the cross. And she was thinking about how brutal it was, how they beat him and they scourged him, and how they put the nails through his hands, they put the nails through his feet, the crown of thorns upon his head and the blood just coming out. And the Bible even says that he was unrecognizable as a man. That's how badly beaten he was. And she was thinking through all that and she was thinking, she was like, God, she says, you know, what was on your mind, Lord? What, was, what were you thinking about? And, you know, what were you going through? And what were your thoughts and during that time? And she was just thinking of these things and just kind of, you know, communing with the Lord and, after she prayed that, she said she walked by and then there was a mirror and she saw her reflection in the mirror and she felt the Lord say, that, was, that is what was on my mind. You were on my mind. And that's so profound. When Jesus died on the cross, did you know? You, I was on his mind. 
That's why he went to the cross. Those nails did not hold him to the cross. He could have gotten down from that cross. He could have stopped the procedure anytime. He's God, the creator of everything. It was not the nails that kept him on that cross. It was his love for you. It was his love for me. Because he knew this is the only way, this is the way that was determined that we might have eternal life. It's through the cross because the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The the wages of sin is death. We all deserve death. We all deserve to die a brutal death. We all deserve death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Have you received the gift? Have you received the gift of eternal life? Well, pastor, does that mean I need to give up my sin? Yeah, that needs, means that you have to turn away from your sin. You have to recognize you're a sinner. You have to set down your sin, and you have to pick up the free gift of eternal life, which is through Jesus Christ our Lord. But can I remind you it's a gift? And can I remind you of the fact that the gift is for all of us? I received the gift. I have eternal life. I know that I know that I know if I was to die today, to be absent from this body means that I'm going to be in the presence of the Lord. And you might say to me, well, pastor, that's a little arrogant. You're, you're saying you know for sure. And I say, yeah, I know for sure. Based on the scriptures, I know for a fact we're going to look at those scriptures. But the water, the spirit, the water, and the blood, they bear witness on earth. These three bear witness on the earth. You, you have a testimony of earthly things that took place that bear witness to the fact that we have eternal life and that it's through this, his son, Jesus Christ. Let's go to the next, next verse, please. Verse 9. It says, If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, that he, the Lord, has testified of his son. God has testified of his son. He who believes in the son of God has the witness in himself. Let's stop there. We have received the witness of men. Excuse me. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. The witness of man will tell you many different things, but God's witness is greater talking about eternal life. And it makes it very clear, you know, that, and this, skip down to verse 11 here with me, please. Verse 11 up on your screen, it says, and this is the testimony that God has given us, eternal life, and this life is in his son. So speaking about eternal life, God's witness is greater than man's witness. Can you, do we know that? And it makes it very clear that we have eternal life through Jesus. And it's, you can't miss it. And this is God's testimony. It, it's not man's testimony. Man's testimony, for the most part, when I talk to people about eternal life, most of the time they'll say, well, I'll ask them, do you know if you die, if you're to go to heaven? They'd say, yes, I I think so, right? And then I'll say, well, why do you think you're going to go to heaven? You know what they typically say? Well, I just try to be a good person, right? And I used to say the same thing. I used to even listen to this. I would say, well, I haven't killed anybody. I don't steal. Basically, I'm better than my neighbor, right? Where does it ever say in the Bible, if you're better than your neighbor, you're going to go to heaven? And somehow everybody believes that. Just be a good person. Well, guess what? The Bible says there's not one good. No, not one. None of us are good, right? And then there's the challenge. You say, well, I'm pretty good. And say, well, okay, did you li- have you ever lied in your life? Yes. Have you ever taken anything? No. Well, as a kid even? Okay, I guess I did it. Have you ever taken God's name in vain? Have you ever hated anyone in your heart? That means you're a murderer. So, so according to God's, you know, God's way, 
All of us fall short of his glory. We're all sinners. That's why we need Jesus. I love the Harvest Crusade. I was able to go Friday night. Was that awesome? There's something about seeing people receive Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. Just something, it's just so exciting to see that. And I remember something that Greg Laurie said on Friday night. He said, help has a name, and it's Jesus Christ. Help has a name, and it's Jesus Christ. That's the witness of God. It's, that's his testimony. He said, this is my testimony regarding eternal life. It's found in my son, Jesus. If you have Jesus, we're going to look at you have life. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have eternal life. Help has a name, and it's Jesus Christ. And he's here for you today. Help for spiritual things. It's only found in Jesus. I read a story about an agnostic professor how he rudely confronted a young girl in his class because she was a believer in Jesus. And he said to her, he says, how, how can you believe who's telling the truth? He said, for many years throughout history, so many people have claimed to, that they were God. And how can you be sure who's true? You know, which man do we believe? And the girl responded quickly and says, I believe the one that rose from the dead. And I tell you, I believe the one that rose from the dead. That's who I believe. A few years back, before we started this ministry, I used to have a nursing home ministry. And I would teach the Bible. It was kind of a blessing. The activities director, she was a Christian, so she would go around the room and just start wheeling people into the hall, you know, this, this, this auditorium thing that I was uh, teaching in. And she would, I mean, literally, she'd, Jewish people, come on, let's go, we're going to go hear about the Bible. Then she'd get the Muslims, come on, let's go, we're going to go hear about the we're going to go hear about God. Okay, let's talk about God. Allah, yeah, yeah, Allah. Okay, we're going to hear about God. She'd get the Hindu people. Come on, let's go. Let's, yeah, yeah, let's go. We're going to hear about God. Seriously, she she was wheeling every, she'd pack the whole place out. 99%, none of they weren't believers, all different religions. And family members would come looking for them. They'd be looking, where is it? Like, what is this? Activities director, we're just having fun in here, having activities, talking about Jesus. Every week I'd come by, she would fill the place up. She would just bring them in. And they would start, you know, some, one, one, oh, one guy, I think he was Muslim, but he was like holding the hallway. I'm not, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. She's, she's pushing, goes, come on. She's, he's, he's grabbing the wall and she's putting his feet down. He said, please don't take me. It was a rough crowd I had, I'm telling you. But when we didn't do that, we would... A friend of mine that was uh, doing the ministry with me, we'd go room to room and just kind of minister to people. And I'll never forget this lady, Eunice. And we went in her room and we said, hey, Eunice, and are you saved? Are you born again? Do you know Jesus? And she says, no. And she was real, real depressed. We says, well, do you want to pray to receive Jesus? And she said, okay. And she's like, all right. So I said, well, let's pray. You know, So we prayed with her and she prayed to receive the Lord. And after she prayed, I looked around her room and she had not one picture on her wall. She didn't have one card on her table. She didn't have flowers. She didn't have nothing. She had no family member that ever had any sign of anyone that ever visits her, ever. When all the other rooms had flowers and pictures and grandchildren's, you know, drawings all over the place, she had nobody. And I looked at Eunice and I said, Eunice, you know, you just prayed to receive the Lord, and the Bible tells me that means that you and I are brothers and sisters in Christ. You're my new sister. I said, Eunice, 
I'm here on such and such days. I'm going to be in here on such and such days, and I want to get to know my new sister, so you can expect me to be here to hang out with you because I really want to get to know you. I'll never forget her response. She said, can I pray that prayer again? And she prayed, prayed that prayer again, but the, this time she prayed it with a lot of excitement to receive Jesus into her life. And Eunice was changed, and Eunice didn't live much longer than that. She went to be with her Lord. She accepted Christ. Christ brought her home. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.